0: First, I just want to say thank you so much for your book. I really appreciated the opportunity to read it, and I think it will be really encouraging to our listeners and readers as well.
1: I hope so, too. It took me six years to write it. Goodness. I'd like to to think that there's some level of insight that's in those six years of thinking.
0: One of the questions that I came up with as as I was reading – Pretty early on, you mentioned that there are some benefits, obviously, to relationships, but um, you also mentioned that there are benefits for an individual. So I was wondering, what do you see as some of the most prominent benefits to listening for an individual?
1: Yeah, I think that when people think about listening, the first arena that they go to is their relationships, and especially if they're married, they, they think about Listening in the context of marriage or romantic relationships and um, that seems to be so when people hear that I wrote a book about listening, they assume that I'm going to talk a lot about those things, which I do. But the reality is what inspired the book for me was how transformational listening has been in my own life. I don't think I've encountered a discipline, and I'll call listening a spiritual discipline as well, that has been... Quite as transformative as as listening has been um, for me, and I, I think what listening has taught me how to do is um, when you, when I approach every interaction, every experience with the intention of listening first, um, I find that it, that it opens me up in ways that that I I wouldn't normally be open. Um, I think it makes me more curious. I think it makes me more of a learner. It's a very big difference when you walk into a situation with the intention of kind of acting like the expert or saying the right thing versus coming in with the intention of learning, even if the person that you're talking to is younger than you or even knows less on a particular subject than you do. But if you can walk in as a learner, um, you'll be surprised what you hear. Mm. Um, I think it's taught me how to be humble um so just to kind of realize i don't have all the answers and that that's okay it's it's a very humbling process for me to learn how to um t- to learn how to listen so i i think there are a number of kind of character um there's a, number, a lot of character development that can come out of um learning how to listen and that's what keeps me going back to listening it's just how much it's transformed me as a person and as a a believer
0: Hmm, that's awesome. Um, so, so kind of moving from the individual to the relationship side of things. Um, how how have your relationships with others, and then I suppose also with yourself, changed since you have become more intentional about listening?
1: I've learned a lot more about people that I thought I knew a lot about to start with. One of I hmm. did a I did a, a series of interviews. It's a little awkward, but it was it was fun at the same time when I was working on the book. And I thought, you know, I'm going to really try to put this into practice. And um, I believe that not just listening once, but listening repeatedly to people is what is really important for our relationships. And so I'm going to sit down with some friends that I've known since college for a long time and ask them questions that maybe I've never asked them. And it was quite eye-opening, even a little bit upsetting to discover mm. just how little I knew about some people's personal lives and their backgrounds and what was important to them, even though I had known them for, like, 15 or 20 years. Um, and so you just learn a lot about people, um, even people that you thought you knew really well when you learn how to listen. Um I've also found an interesting thing is that as I've kind of devoted myself to listening to people, I find myself being heard more. Um, Mm. It seems like that really opens up kind of a level of of intimacy and honesty in relationships. And when people have the experience of being truly heard, um, it makes you want to become a listener. Um, So it's, it's interesting to see how um, that has shaped my relationships in in mult in mul- multi-directional ways. Um, and I think that when you kind of practice listening, other people see how important that is as well. Um, so that's been an interesting development. Because one of the concerns that people raise when they read the book is, well, but I want to be heard too. And if I focus so much on listening, am I going to be heard? And my answer is, Absolutely. Uh, it's going to change your relationships in a lot of different ways to learn how to listen.
0: Well, and I, I think one of the things that I really took away from your book, too, was that idea that um, when you're listening to yourself well, it's easier to listen to other people because some of those needs are not being ignored by you. Would would you say that that's been helpful as you've started this journey as well?
1: Absolutely and um yeah i have a whole chapter on listening uh to your life and um it was when i became i had to do an internship at a hospital in order to become an ordained minister And i really put that off for a long time because i was scared and mm-hmm. i um finally decided to do it because i really wanted to get ordained um and before then i had been a preacher and i was or like and a teacher and i always thought that my my role was to walk into a room and bring whatever level of insight I could offer or whatever word gifts um, that I had. And I learned working in that hospital and sitting with people that were undergoing radiation and chemotherapy and were dying of cancer, that there's really nothing that I could – there's no word that I could really offer that was going to make them feel much better, that was going to – fix them or rescue them and in fact even trying to speak a lot had a way of kind of distancing myself from other people and that was where I had to really learn how to listen but my getting back to what you you asked me um mm-hmm. when you're listening to people in pain uh it brings up a lot of anxiety for you mm-hmm. and that's I think often why we speak Um, In those situations, because we feel anxious and we're upset that other people are upset, um, or we feel somehow that it's our role to try and fix them. So I had to learn how to pay attention to that anxiety um, and listen to what's happening in myself as I'm listening to other people and be able to just acknowledge the anxiety. And I have this kind of silly practice of just in my internal world saying "Hello, anxiety." I I I hear you. I see you. And that and just as I'm sitting there with a, a patient bedside and um and even just that step and paying attention to what's happening inside of you and just acknowledging that anxiety had a way of helping me to return to the conversation. Um, without speaking or acting out of that anxiety. I think a lot of Christians like like to pray really quickly in those situations. Um, rather mm-hmm. than let the other person really grieve or, or um, talk about their painful emotions, that um, prayer can actually come out of anxiety. And that's how I used to treat those situations. But once I learned how to uh, notice my anxiety, I learned to be able to go back and continue to give them space to speak, so just that paying attention to what is happening inside of you um, makes uh, makes us into better listeners. I believe.
0: I found that as a as a fellow anxiety um, survivor, I found that that to be particularly helpful. So I'm I'm glad you were that you talked about that just now. I think that that will really um, I think that will really help a lot of people
1: yeah i I think anxiety is actually the number one killer of good listening
0: mm. wow i i think you're probably right about that um, let's let's talk a little bit about god <laughs> um, What would you say to someone seeking to be more open to listening to God? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the longest chapter in the book, is um, listening to God. After I first outlined that God listens to us, I think that is actually a really strong foundation for learning how to listen to God, to realize that we're always heard before we hear when it comes Mm -hmm. to our relationship with the Lord. Um, That God not only is a king who proclaims and commands and orders and directs, but actually we find throughout the scriptures... This very profound reality that God is a listener that wants to hear what we have to say, what we think um is interested in in hearing, and that's a pretty remarkable thing. I don't know of too many other gods like that um, and so listening to God at that point um you know really becomes um foundational to our lives as believers um and sometimes Christians can be a very talkative bunch. We're kind of, a, especially in more evangelical circles, we're a fairly wordy group of people in some cases. Um, and so that's why I'd like to see us really develop into a listening community and into people who listen in their individual lives as well. I think it's very central to, ha- to being a, a disciple. I think it's very central to being a worshiper. I think it's very central to being a servant if you think about what servanthood is and how important that was for Jesus, I think a servant is really an obedient listener, someone that can hear um, and obey, and those two words are very intricately um, aligned. Um, so it's, listening is not just kind of then this little side benefit for us or something that's going to boost our relationships a little bit. It becomes very foundational to what it means to relate to God and to be a disciple I believe
0: Well and I I think I definitely agree with everything that you've you've said kind of big picture um what I'm what I'm hoping for and I think the place where a lot of people get stuck is that the idea of being a listening community and being even an individual who listens to God is very attractive but sometimes it's hard to figure out you know how especially with so much um experience in churches where listening is not practiced or necessarily highly valued um how to how to even start you know how how would you um recommend that you know someone even today could make a movement in the direction of listening
1: right well and, as far as thinking about communities, I really think that if we want to have listening communities, we have to have leaders who listen um mm-hmm. Think about all the classes that I took in seminary. There were lots of classes on preaching, but there wasn't a class on listening and um if we want to be a if that's a value that we have, and I hope that it is and will become more of a value of listening in the communities, it really has to start with our our leaders. As far as individuals go, um, I think culturally speaking, we're just not a good listening culture. Uh, I think we're very distracted by a number of different things, by our constant multitasking, um, by the speed at which we live, by the screens that we put up in in front of us that might keep us from from seeing and hearing what's the people that are right in front of us, and so. I think part of it, after acknowledging that listening is important, that listening is something that I value, um, we have to start taking small steps in order to start becoming listeners. And I do think a lot of that is about learning how to slowly eliminate distractions and hurry in our lives, um, which can be very challenging in this culture. Um and so I think we just, we can't, we, it's hard to listen to God if we can't even pay attention to anything for more than a couple of minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's something that we need to recognize um, and I believe start with. As far as like learning how to listen to God, it's, a lot of people find it a little bit strange um, or a little bit scary Um you know i think a lot of people are afraid that god won't actually speak to them if they really try to listen and my and the, that chapter the the point isn't necessarily that i'm going to hear all numbers of things if i really stop and listen to god um but that if i can cultivate a posture of listening and that become um a a more important element of my spiritual life then i might start noticing and becoming open to kind of the graces and the miracles and the everyday kind of invisible realities that are taking place around me. And so, I mean, the whole book is just sort of about listening to God. It's about listening to God in Scripture in one chapter. It's about listening to God in creation in another chapter. And it's about listening to other people. And I think actually that we we may very well hear from God if we're really focused on listening to other people. Um As well, but one of the most important disciplines for me was just learning how to sit for five to ten minutes in silence every single morning, and I still practice that just learning how to let all of the thoughts race out of your head not not to kind of force them out but to just kind of let them um fade away and just sit you have a little what's often called a handle, which for me is the the Samuel prayer um speak lord your servant is listening and just being able to sit in and the, the, do that discipline and sit in silence. I don't usually hear um anything from God in those situations sometimes. Um but it's just more I think that opens me up to being attentive to how God is speaking throughout the course of my life in general.
0: Thank you Adam that's really helpful. I think that'll be encouraging to people. Um one thing that i I really appreciated um about your book is that you you mention a weariness with reading the bible um and i'm I'm sure many people who are listening can relate to that. How did you start on the path to rekindling your engagement with scripture?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it was a lot of people who go to seminary and study the the Bible in a academic way like I did um you start to lose something i think it's very sad and it happens to a lot of people but i think we're prone to listen, to read the scriptures um, for information we're just in general that's how we read um, in our world for information and when you spend enough time reading the scriptures for information or dissecting all of the the different parts of it um, in the attempt to understand it which is obviously a good thing um, you lose it loses some of its personality and so after i graduated from seminary and i kind of talk about this in the listening to scripture chapter um i really only kind of used the bible like as a preaching text and i wasn't um going to it for kind of encounter with god um and that i believe is ultimately what keeps the scriptures alive to us is recognizing that these aren't just words that were penned 2,000 years ago, that they're not just kind of ancient relics, but that God is speaking those words to us um, today. And that as we spend time in the scriptures, that's that's a relational encounter. That this, the Bible is a stage of encounter. And that was really important to me to recognize. that There's a personality behind these words that's still alive and speaking. Um, and then there are a number of, again, disciplines, that the church has practiced for a long time, um, and I think it's important to to stay connected with that big, that larger tradition, no matter what denomination we're a part of now. Um, so lectio divina is something that has been making a very big comeback in churches, both Catholic and Protestant, in the last 20 years, and that's a way of of really trying to get into the scriptures um of really trying to view um of viewing the text as god speaking them currently and it even says basically that each squiggle each word each letter is inspired and being spoken to us now and so here's a contemplative way that i can go into the scriptures and um uh, read it over and over like a passage over and over again slowly and see kind of what is standing out what's singing out to me what's speaking to me and then spending time um with the lord um you know through that text and that's that's been a very significant discipline for me and reminding me that the bible is a stage of encounter.
0: Absolutely. I think I think that was helpful and I if people want more they'll have to read your book for the full list of recommendations. True. Um so one of the things that, that you talk about is beginning to listen to the natural world. Um, and I'm not really a very outdoorsy person. So when you talked about um, that, I I really resonated with what you said in terms of, you know, not necessarily finding God outside before that time. Um, but what surprised you most as you began to listen in this way?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm not the most outdoorsy person <clears throat> either, which I talk a little bit about. Um, but the point of that chapter um, is that you don't have to be, you don't have to climb mountains and, and waterboard in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in order to um, be alive to what God is saying through creation. And the scriptures are just very clear <clears throat> in so many situations about how the creation is, is, is God communicating with mm-hmm. us. Um and that we just need to open up our ears and be more attentive to that. I'm someone that is fairly bookish and nerdy and so I've always kind of like you're the, I'm the guy that will be camping, who'll be like reading a book, you know, while everyone <laughs> else is out like climbing trees or whatever. And um and so that was a it was a challenge for me. It was a really fun challenge actually and i i live near the ocean just a couple of miles from the ocean now and um i've learned um kind of developed um a different kind of prayer that i um offer um when i'm sitting um at the beach on the near the ocean and um i'll kind of like breathe in <clears throat> god's grace and all of his gifts as the as the, the wave comes in and then as the wave goes out, I'll sort of release the parts of my life that I don't want or what I'm struggling with. And so I've kind of learned to pray with the rhythms of creation. And mm. these are, and um, that's been just a really important way of getting my body involved um, in my spirituality, um, kind of realizing that everything around us is obviously embodied um, <clears throat> and that God cares about all of those aspects of life and um so that that kind of ocean prayer has been um very central for me in getting my body involved um in my relationship with god
0: so would you say that maybe the surprise of this situation is how much you enjoyed it
1: yeah definitely definitely and and uh yeah Quiet prayer in my home doesn't even have quite the same impact that it used to as much as I have learned how to pray while walking, learned how to uh, pay attention to just the really small things that are in front of me while I'm taking a walk. I have a whole section called The Spiritual Discipline of the Long Walk in that chapter, which may be my favorite section um, Mm -hmm. in in general about in the book, Um, but just learning how and just come the course of everyday life we all walk throughout the course of the day um to just to notice what's in front of us and it doesn't mean we have to be on some sort of nature walk. Um there there are trees and birds and air and sunsets and sunrises in every setting and uh maybe God has something to say to us through those everyday realities. Wonderful.
0: Um I'd, I'd like to ask for a little bit of advice for our listeners. Um, how would you encourage those who want to start listening well? Um, I know that sometimes this might seem like a particularly daunting task, especially if you're not used to thinking in this way. And I know after reading the book, um, I was excited to get started, and I was also a little bit overwhelmed by how much information I'd just – um taken in so what are what are some words of encouragement that maybe you could offer to someone like me
1: a big part of it is just the acknowledgement that that's going to be an important part of my life um and i'm going to ask the question um how can i excuse me sorry how can i listen first um in all of my relationships how can i Mm approach every situation with the intention of listening first. And even just kind of that that acknowledgement, that question, I think, has a, a driving force. Um, and then from that point on, and then another one that I really like is what if I entered the, a conversation and I thought this conversation is not about me, that this mm. is not about me, um, that I'm going to be open and attentive to what is happening in other people or in that situation in general, and what can I learn from that? How can I approach this situation as a, as a learner? Um, so some of those questions are, I'm kind of a big picture guy, and so that—that that, those are important to me to be asking those questions on a regular basis. Um, and then I think small steps is ultimately how we grow in general. Um, you know, and maybe it's I'm going to enter this one conversation today where I would normally, you know, maybe I'm a I'm a supervisor or I'm a manager or I'm a mentor and normally I would walk into a conversation at this coffee shop and I would, I would expect that I would be the one speaking. But what if I walked in as the one who's going to focus on listening and see how that changes things? Um, I think the small steps in terms of our prayer life, um, like I said, the five minutes of just sitting quietly before the Lord in the morning, um, can be really, really shaped my spiritual life a lot. And that's another, a small step that can get us on the path of listening. Or if I'm taking a walk, um, can I be attentive to what maybe the world is saying to me, to what God is saying to me, um and then learning how to kind of acknowledge your own feelings without trying to fix them or dismiss them um but being able to listen to yourself as well so i think there are there are small ways that we can grow in kind of all those dimensions of listening um it is daunting it took me you know years before i felt like i'd gotten to the point of being a good listener um but it was a matter of just taking small one step after another And maybe one of those ways that we have to learn how to grow as a listener is to be able to put our phones down for longer periods of time as well because I think we've gotten to this point where our brains are just so programmed to look at our phones so often that um, I think that that distraction is keeping us closed to what's uh, kind of happening around us.
0: Mm. No, I agree with you. Um, So along that path to becoming you know what you consider a good listener now. Were there times when you were very discouraged, or times when you thought maybe it wasn't worth continuing? And what did you do in those situations?
1: I don't know if I was ever discouraged from becoming a listener. Once I had kind of resolved that that was what I was going to do, it's actually a very exhilarating process, and yeah. it's very free. It's very freeing as well when. You can walk into a situation and you don't have to be the expert on everything. Um, and it was very freeing sitting in those hospital rooms realizing there's no insight I'm going to share that's going to save them from this situation that they're going through. Um, I can't talk them out of dying. And, um, like, once I realized that, it, it was very freeing and it really helped me to enter into more vulnerable, authentic, intimate conversations and to let people have the feelings that they have I think that's one of just the the major principles of learning how to listen is let people feel what they're feeling don't tell them not to feel it don't dismiss them don't judge them let them feel what they feel and then you'll be amazed at the kind of the level of intimacy and also how freeing that is for the other person to realize that you're not judging what they're feeling um, And so it's not a discouraging task for me. Um, Each time I practice good listening, it's very life-giving for me, and that is obviously one of the main reasons why I've continued on as a listener for these last 10 years since I did that internship.
0: Well, thank you so much, Adam, for talking with me today. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and um, I'm hoping that everyone will go out and buy your book.
1: Thank you so much. I hope that too.